Well, I guess for this morning on the personal personal development feature, uh, we're joined for uh, we're joined rather by Louise Odunga, who is a marine biologist who grew up in Kailicha. Louise is also being featured in a new film titled "Free Range Humans: Nature Is Calling." As a young man, he's been credited for dedicating his life to rescuing the Great African Kelp Forest. It's said to be the only forest of giant bamboo bamboo kelp on the uh, on the planet and it stretches from uh, the Cape to Namibia. Loiso, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, Ms. Katie. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Perfect, perfect. I'm doing very well. Thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm well, thank you, Loiso. Firstly, let's start just with your love for nature. Where did it begin and how did it lead you to this career that you're in now? Yo, ah, yeah, that is an interesting question. Firstly, let me say hello to your viewers also. Uh, this love, um, I don't, I really, I really don't know where I can trace it. I was born in the Eastern Cape in a very forested area. I uh, spent a lot, uh, most part of my life in in Kailicha. That's where I grew up and went for schooling. I've always at heart uh, been a conservationist. I've always cared about uh, nature. I've always had a curiosity. So I've been drawn to it uh, in, yeah, in many ways, whether it's a wetland, whether it's, it's just trees. I've, I've just, I have just this, uh, I don't know, soft spot uh, for, for nature, for, for animals. Tell us more about the Great African Kelp Forest. So, yeah, the Great African uh, Cab Forest is also a place that reminds me of home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like an, an Amazon under under the sea. So it's uh, huge standing uh, plants. They are called kelp. They um, look like trees that we see if you walk into any forest. Um, uh, they have, instead of having roots, they have uh, what you call a hold fast, so they anchor or attach into, into rocks. They have a very flexible style, which is uh, similar to what a bark of a tree or a stem of a tree. And then they have fronds. Uh, they tend to the, to the waves, and they are home to like, a, a lot of different animals uh, that live in the ocean. It's a place that uh, when I first saw it, which was in 2016, late 2016, like it just blew me away. It's a magical, magical forest. I never actually expected to see a forest under the ocean. So mm. it's really a wonderful and magical place. So this is a place for South Africa that is hugging our coastline from, um, uh, it goes all the way to Namibia, but from Orange River all the way to the east coast of South Africa. Of course, one of the things that you're currently being celebrated for is for how you have been really dedicated to helping to preserve um, then the state of the Great African Kelp Forest. What are some of the threats that, that it's currently facing? Uh, thank you. It's, I, I, I view myself as, as, as really a, a messenger, number one. Uh, I, I got hooked. I, I feel like the kelp forest enchanted me. And then there's been this strong message uh, over and over again that I just have to advocate, I just have to share because I was just blown away by this place. 
I did an MSc, a master's degree at the University of Cape Town, and I wanted to make, firstly, to put them on the map of South Africa so that I can tell South Africans where they are. And then I quickly learned that uh, global, uh, global uh, climate change is affecting camp forests in the world, not only our camp forests. Overfishing, uh, they are very uh, intricate ecosystems. And you remove one fish species which uh, regulates some animals that eat it, uh, eat kelp, then you disturb the entire ecosystem. They, that is one major threat, which is uh, overfishing. And also, we have a kelp. Kelp is used a lot uh, for pharmaceuticals, for plant growth as stimulants. So there's often uh, overharvesting of kelp. So those are a major threat that a kelp forest face. I want to talk. I want you to talk to us about how a young boy who grew up in Kailicha actually ended up in in this field, and and just you know what your experiences uh, along the way have been that have led to the kind of success that you are able to see and speak about today. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, what I remember. Uh, after we moved to Kailicha, is um, I've always been a curious kid. I've always, always been a curious kid since I was young, and uh, my imagination is quite wild. There were times I would walk with my brother to school, and I would be dancing to an imaginary guitar, and yeah, just just having fun, I guess. And uh, he always mocks me. With my brother would mock me and say, like, you, I, I was convinced that you are crazy. But also when I was growing up, I knew that I wanted to become a scientist. And the only image of a scientist for me was that picture of Albert Einstein uh, with his tongue out and with his crazy hair. So when um, my brother would say, like, you are crazy, I would not be surprised because I really had this aspiration of becoming a scientist. So I thought to become a scientist, you have to have a bit of craziness. Uh, so a lot of problems growing up. Um, for, for an example, we played a lot in a wetland that was very dirty. <laughs> we used to jump across this and we did competition. And then most of the time we fall into this uh, wetland and uh, swim. But if our parents caught us, I would get hiding for it. So all the time. And then what would follow after that would be like skin ratio. So our skin was quite uh, yeah, damaged from, from that. But my curious mind always wanted to find out what is it that we don't know as young kids uh, about this wetland? What is it that is making us sick? And how can our parents only punish us and never really tell us, uh, teach us about the threats that going to stem from us interacting with this space? So then I wanted to become a water scientist to start this because I wanted to solve that problem. I wanted to bring the answers. I wanted to say to my peers, look, this is what happens when you interact with this. There's a type of bacteria that is going to attached to your skin and all those sort of things. So that is how it all really, uh, I think, uh, I think came about. I was so adamant that I was going to become a hydrogeologist. Mm. Uh, after honors, I, I didn't find a job. I started to be in the University of Western Cape. I didn't find a job. I spent nine months at home, uh, devastated, because I, I think I'm also a maid, sort of. So on the 9th of, on the 3rd of October 2016, I got a call from Sandy, South African National Biodiversity Institute, to join the team. And this is when, like, 
for the first time, I got to see what is beneath the ocean in pictures. And I was interacting with a team of marine biologists that are super dedicated. I just, I just felt inspired. This really makes me feel like uh, marine biology chose me uh, with all the different things that had happened to my life, leading to, to the point where I realized I'm going to save these people. Wow. This and, and, and Loiso, we often find that people are reluctant to go into uh, into careers such as yours. And, and yet, when we listen to, you know, just some of the industries that government is looking to invest in and that they believe will bring growth, economic growth and future, the maritime sector is, is really key among those industries. Indeed, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, given the, the history of our, of our country, uh, to be in the maritime industry, to be a marine biologist, is, is, not, is out of the ordinary. I remember my mother said, I'll strengthen you before you become that marine biologist you are crazy about. So there is so much opportunity in the space. Yeah, it's different because uh, for a long time, uh, people of color were not interacting in this space. Mm. I'm still working with dedicated marine biologists, and I'm the only uh, black uh, kid uh, among us, everyone. So there's so much opportunity, there's sure. so much space, but uh, what we need now to really focus on is bridging the gap and showing people these opportunities. We need to educate people as well because, you know, your your mother may have said, I'm going to strangle you if, if you ever do this uh, marine biologist what-what <laughs> that you're talking about. But I'm sure, uh, you know, she and, and other members of your family would have, would, would have changed their minds once they got to see and understand what it is that you are actually doing. Indeed, indeed. One of the most fulfilling uh, things for me in this journey is having uh, my grandfather, my mother, my wife, and my brother uh, together with me going to the ocean. Wow. So when I first child, I'm very scared of the ocean. I'm very, very scared of drowning. But I always know I will go home and I will tell them about it. And they will just become more and more curious and want to know more. So I keep on going and going and going. Ah, fantastic. Luis Odunga, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. He's a marine biologist. He's based in Cape Town. And as you heard, he's really one of the leading figures in the maritime industry and recently featured on a film called A Free Range Humans Nature's Calling. And he's being celebrated for the work he's doing in helping to rescue the great African kelp forest. As you heard him say, all of that forest is underwater. Can you imagine what that must look like in real in in life in real life? Can you imagine what that must look like? I mean, Luisa has a great job. Hey, he just gets to sail underground with SpongeBob and SpongeBob's friends. Okay, I'm derailing. <laughs> it's after eleven o'clock. Leander standing by with your latest news.